1: Jonathan.
2: And this is the show where we rewatch or watch depending on your perspective, the tutors, and talk about the stories behind the drama, the history behind the drama. So I have another podcast. I'm Heather. I have another podcast, the Renaissance English History Podcast that I've been doing since 2009. And I thought it would be fun to go back and watch this series and see what was real and what was dramatic license.
1: And I thought it would be a good opportunity for me to learn a little bit about the history that my wife is so into and that I know Pretty much nothing about. I'm I'm learning a lot through this series. Yes, um, you are. But um, yes, before that, I I basically know almost nothing about history. I I like the present and the future.
2: <laughs> so this we are now in season two, episode five, and it's called His Majesty's Pleasure. And, oh, and spoiler alert.
1: Yeah, just we're going to talk about the episode. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to watch it first before listening to this. And we're also going to talk about things that happen after this episode as well. So we may yes. give away things like the fact that Anne Boleyn loses her head. So if you didn't dun, know dun, that, dun. sorry, Um, there you go.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. So in this episode, some stuff happens. Like Thomas Moore dies. Anne Boleyn has a miscarriage. Bishop Fisher dies. It's all starting to unravel for poor Anne. <laughs> it's all falling apart. It's all falling apart for her. So, um, yeah, this is, I think we just start to see Henry kind of descending into the tyrant. We will remember him as, mm-hmm. and being deeply affected by what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And, Everybody around him is starting to freak out in different ways. Anne Boleyn's starting to freak out. There's a lot of freaking out.
1: And I would just imagine that, you know, I mean, you know, people like Cromwell and stuff would would be freaking out, too, because it's like he killed more. I mean, like, like, of course he would kill, you know, anyone else. Uh, It's like no one's safe. Like, oh, all right.
2: All right. So you want to jump into the questions? Sure. All right.
1: So early in the, I don't know if it was the first scene, but early Moore's family came to visit him in in jail, and I just wonder if if that you know happened or if that was something that that could have happened to mm-hmm. to people like that in jail. I don't
2: sure. Well, it's a, it's important to remember that the Tower of London was not really a prison per se. We tend to remember it as a prison. It was a secure royal palace. So the White Tower was built right after William the Conqueror conquered. Uh, came to England, and this is a, a royal palace that had where the monarchs would spend the night before they were they were crowned, and it was you know a place that was a secure royal palace as opposed to maybe Hampton Court that was kind of more out there and wasn't as secure. So, during times of rebellion, the monarchs would go there to to be safe and stuff like that. So, it wasn't set up as a jail per se. It was um th- and t- it was used as a jail and there were torture chambers and everything like that. But there was a person who was like the constable of the tower. And that's where people who were high up people would have stayed. Regular criminals who were just in jail for regular stuff, they wouldn't have gone to the tower. They would have gone to like Newgate or some other prison. But if you were a high up prisoner, you would have gone to the tower and you would have stayed at the constable of the tower's pleasure. And you would have been in a cell that was almost rather comfortable in a way, depending on who you were. So, yes, he would have had access to his papers, and at least at first, and he would have had visitors and everything like that. Eventually, they did take his papers like it shows, and there's a story where he then closed his his window up completely, boarded up or like closed the curtains, and they asked him why he had done that, and he said, well, now that all my papers are gone, I don't have any reason to have my windows open. Um, So, yeah, he he would have had visitors. Wow.
1: All right. And then his family was saying yes. that they were going to, you know, lose, have everything taken away. Like, did, did they really lose everything? You know, that yeah, sort of had?
2: Yeah, well, all of his lands would have been confiscated. All of his titles were originally at the pleasure of the king. So everything that the king had given him, the king could take away. So yeah, then at that point, it was up to them, either to get for the women to get married again, yeah, at, at that point, they had to decide so they would have what had they were going to gonna like, do.
1: Live for themselves, just right. figure out a way. Yeah. And so, with, I mean, what would that look like? Just them getting married, I mean, would they have other options?
2: I well, mean, what... it could look like if the king took. start with if the king took pity on the women, which a lot of times the king would, because the king would say, "Well, it was your husband; it wasn't you." So he would give them some small, like some amount, small amount, something that would just
1: keep them fed.
2: Yeah. And the other thing you would do is try and get married again quite quickly with, with somebody like Thomas Moore. I could imagine that people would be interested in marrying into that family because he was famous. Mm-hmm. So even though they didn't have a lot of money at that point. So
1: you might marry like someone who might be in court or mm-hmm. like, like some,
2: or like, like I know, like a, a lawyer who admired Thomas okay. Moore. And also you would have like Thomas Moore was a lawyer, right? So he had a lot of colleagues. So you would have somebody that, you know, had just like now, if if a if a woman's husband dies and he doesn't have good life insurance, you know, what does she do? Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody who was a friend, maybe somebody from the office takes up a donation. I guess they set up a GoFundMe.
1: I guess what I wonder is, you know, I I obviously don't have a very good picture of how people lived back then. And in my mind, there was like the king and his court, and like these nobles, like like uh, the Duke of Mm -hmm. of of Norwich or whatever. Yeah. And those, and then everyone else was like poor serf people that were eating (laughs) dirt. Yeah. And like, I guess there was people kind of in the middle, or yeah.
2: Well, this is actually a period where we actually see a, a rise in the middle class. It's one of the things I think is so interesting about this period: is this change from a feudal society to one of um, early modern society. So there was a, a rising middle class. There was a professional class. There were merchants. There were business people.
1: Okay, so they there might were have lawyers. They might have married a merchant or mm-hmm. something and been sort of well taken care of.
2: Yeah, relatively. So by this point, a lot of his children already were married. Mm -hmm. Um, so they would have had husbands taking care of them as it were. And, you know, his his wife would have relied on, well, I can just, yeah. Either
1: either her kids taking care of her or pity from the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then she said, we're going to go into penury. Like what, what does penury mean for people with
2: vocabularies? Like, (laughs) uh, it means, being really broke. Okay. Yeah. So if you're in penury now it just means you're you've got like nothing. Like it's beyond broke. It's Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, I'm like got, nothing. got nothing. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then Anne so moving on, Anne really did uh, have a miscarriage, yes? This yes, is she did. Accurate... She had a
2: miscarriage in fifteen thirty five, yes.
1: And do we have any idea if it was as dramatic? I mean, you know, we've we've gone through a miscarriage and mm-hmm. it wasn't like you were in the middle of a big party and you collapsed and <laughs> yeah. you know like is do we have any idea if, if this was
2: i don't know the case or... i don't know how dramatic it was okay so there they're, aren't, they're that... aren't like records i, th- I mean there's records remember. that she lost a child and
1: but not the exact yeah. nature of... yeah okay hey
2: just so you know i just looked it up and with alice she was given an annuity a smaller annuity after thomas More died to live on after he died so she was given 20 pounds a year
1: well that's so. nice yeah, twenty pounds a year sounds like you know that that get that gets you a lot. I, I gonna, know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <I'm being laughs> you could eat at Freda
1: Yeah, once. Um, all right. So Bishop Fisher, yes, yes. Bishop or Bishop. shall we now Cardinal. call him Cardinal Fisher? Mm-hmm. Uh, did he really write a letter? You know, uh, who was it? Cromwell brought in the this letter and said, yeah. "Oh, we've intercepted this letter." Do, do we know that he? Wrote a letter, would he have written? I mean, it yeah, like yeah. how would you get a letter like that out of I guess,
2: yeah, he was engaged in secret activities to overthrow Henry as early as fifteen thirty one He apparently this is four years before where we are here, okay, he began communicating with the foreign diplomats um, and suggesting that they invade England and depose Henry.
1: He's always been, you know, I said it when he, when he stood up and spoke his mind, he's always been very, you know, out, like brave, outspoken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I guess And in terms of character. how you would
2: smuggle letters like that, mm-hmm. I mean, there were a number of different ways. Though one of the ways later on, this is 50 years later, but Mary Queen of Scots was brought down. Uh, when she was in jail, she was communicating by putting letters in a, a barrel of beer. And so, you know, if you had, if he had somebody who was a supporter that he could smuggle a letter out to, and then that person put it in, you know, a food, a food or, or something, something like that, that was, that was going out, he okay. could get letters out that way.
1: All right. It's just, I, that's <laughs> that's wild to me.
2: Yeah. And then he was
1: really made a cardinal yes. in, Like while he was in jail. Yes. And, was, and they,
2: I think they thought that Henry wouldn't kill a cardinal. I think I they did see. it kind of as a last ditch attempt to, to try, try to save, save his them. life. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because Cardinal's are really big... I, I'm not clear on the hierarchy. Yeah, it's like the next
2: the, higher. Yeah, it's as high as you can It's as high. Like, there's that.
1: Popes and then there's Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Or not like Popes, but there's the Pope and then Cardinals. Yeah. And then, all right. And they have the big big hats. Yep. Yeah, big pointy. The big red hats. Yeah. Nice. Nice hat.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Catherine... So now we go, we see Catherine for a minute, which she was, she was really asked to sign the Yes, award. she was. Did, did she, did, I'm, I'm no. guessing she didn't sign
2: well, it. Well, she said, and her, she made a good logical point. She said that if the marriage was never happened, then she was not um, a subject yeah, I'm not of the king. Yeah. No, she wasn't a su- she was a oh, subject of the Oh, I'm not even, not, I'm
1: not important. I'm, I'm not even an English person. Right.
2: There's like, I don't owe any kind of loyalty I'm just, I'm to Henry. Just, I'm just living abroad. Exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, she she made that argument, and, and, and Mary, too. And she
1: got away with it, so she didn't have to sign it. Yeah. Okay, and did yeah. Mary...
2: Mary never signed it either, but she did later on, we'll see, she had to write a letter admitting that of, she was of, a bastard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nice. Fisher and Moore, do we know that they really had contact like They would that? have been
2: able to do like something.
1: someone like would have... Mm-hmm said something they had
2: a number of supporters you know there were people their jailers probably their jailers would have supported them in a way they were you know really this reformation wasn't not everybody thought they were you know bad a -hmm. a lot of people supported them Mm -hmm. as we see at the end with all the crowds yeah yeah
1: okay so they weren't just like enemies to everyone it was more Mm -hmm. just enemies of the king and and his little cronies yeah um, and then, then we see Mary Boleyn coming yes, in pregnant do. and marrying a sailor yeah, or a soldier. Yeah. So that was all accurate. Yes. She, she married who it's, it's uh, William, Stafford, William Stafford. Stafford. Um, and he was just a soldier. Like, yeah. She just, just a,
2: married a common, a common man. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: she loved him. Because
2: she loved him and he loved her.
1: And they were, and, and they got pregnant. Uh huh. Do we know if it was like right at the same time? I mean, was she do we know
2: Yeah, it was during this time.
1: Mm. Yeah, okay, So something I'd like a little explanation about. Uh-huh. I really don't understand like the fact that she needs permission to like to marry. Yeah. To, to 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 be married. I, I can you explain
0: that? Well, then...
2: because so to start with their if you ha- were in any way royal, you your marriage could be a negotiating tactic for the king. So that's one thing. Oh, okay. So so the s- I same see. Way, and especially since he didn't have children, that he could marry. You know, he only had yeah. One so or it two. wasn't like so he so had
1: five the, children yeah, to you know, marry off to people.
2: Two at this point, yeah. So he could have used that as some kind of a negotiating boy. Uh-huh. Also, anybody that you marry is then going to become royal as well. And you even see it now. I mean, you saw it with like Kate Middleton and the way everybody was kind of how long it took, what a big deal it was for him to have married like a commoner, Mm -hmm. as it were. And she was, you know, not really a commoner. Um, And so to actually marry a soldier in France. Like
1: a straight up, yeah, commoner.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was, you needed royal permission. And also, if your children were going to have any kind of claim to the throne, so that's something that else could have... That's something else that could have come out of this. Depending on who died, who lived, it's possible that – I mean, Henry Seventh, VII, Henry VIII's father, his claim to the throne comes from Catherine of Valois marrying her, her squire, Owen Tudor, for love in a secret marriage after her husband, Henry V, had died – She got married for love to a squire, Owen Tudor, who was this Welsh guy who was the keeper of her wardrobe. And out of that is the one arm of the Tudors. So you never know who's going to die, who's going to live, what's going to happen in 50 or 60 years. It's possible that somebody could trace something and say, well, you know what, actually, I have a claim to the throne. And
1: if they uh, like if Mary were to have a son and they're like, well, she... Yeah, I mean, I can I can see how that would be, and yeah, and maybe not
2: even like who knows who what who that son might marry then, mm-hmm. and then if that son marries Princess Elizabeth or something, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got their children, and so if you were or, or
1: if that son marries Mary Catherine's daughter, then he could claim like, right that-
2: exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all started. It is. Yeah, so um, so it was a really big deal, and it's so just like
1: a complicated mess, but it's so intriguing.
2: It is, and it, you know, this is a period where there's primogeniture, but there's also still the idea that you can become king by God's Victor by victory on the battlefield, which was Al Henry Tudor, ultimately then claimed it by killing Richard the mm-hmm. Third. So if you have somebody who is able to have an uprising and has any kind of a tenuous claim at all because of marriage or yeah. anything like that, then you you can have a future king on your hands.
1: And then during the show, you know, we talk a little bit during the show, like not too much so we don't sort of wear out our ideas, but I, you mentioned something about Mary possibly having children yeah. with the king. like
2: Yeah. So there was – there's rumors, rumors because – is that either one or both of her children were fathered by the king? So there's no concrete evidence, mm-hmm. but there's no concrete evidence that there's not. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they were sleeping together at that point, and that was kind of one of the things that Henry liked to do was have affairs with married women, so that if they had kids, it didn't look like it didn't look like <laughs> it, didn't look it was, like it was his. Yeah. So you know, it it's possible that. It's Gee. such a
1: shame we can't go back and do DNA on all this.
2: Stuff. <laughs> I know. Well, they did. I mean, that's how they. That's how they um, identified Richard III. So I don't know if somebody would ever want to do that. But that's how they made. That's how they, when they dug up Richard III's skeleton, mm-hmm. they were able to check that it was him because of DNA on one of his descendants. Now, mm. so that's how they confirmed that that skeleton was yeah, him. Was him. Yeah. So they, they probably, I mean, if they had something of hers, if they yeah, had her.
1: But they would need the kids, I mean, yeah. to see if they were. Oh, yeah, the, the, chil-
2: the descendants of the children. Anyways, yeah.
1: interesting speculation. So,
2: yeah, it's, it's possible.
1: What is your opinion or do we know or anything how Moore and Cromwell felt about each other?
2: Yeah, this is interesting because in the Wolf Hall books, which I've talked about before because I do love them so much, um, it it looks Cromwell is really disdainful of Moore. And I think that that would suit his character because of like what we talked about last time, that it's almost like Moore's just asking for this. It's almost mm-hmm. like Moore's just like, Please make me a martyr and I think Cromwell, you know, Cromwell was a survivor, Cromwell was scrappy, Cromwell was somebody who, you know, was born a nobody and scrapped his way up to that. And I I think that he probably would have looked at Moore as being, you know, a little bit just like, why are you doing this? Like, and kind of just, why are you going to put your family through this? Like, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. He probably would have felt sorry for him. And he probably would have thought he was misguided. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Thomas Moore was Thomas Moore, you know, and he was a celebrity and everybody, he was a, famous humanist and Mm -hmm. everybody admired him for his earlier work and so i'm sure that he probably would have had very mixed emotions he probably would have felt really bad that it was happening and and at the same time just thought he's such a silly person and
1: what about the other way more i think more would have
2: really looked down on cromwell
1: just thought he was like a
2: selling out
1: yeah yeah
2: like yeah like you're (laughs) <laughs> you're going to go to hell just because you have no beliefs just, at all.
1: Just because you're such a jerk. Like, exactly. Cold hearted. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, then we see a little scene with Moore's daughter in court. Mm-hmm. And she talked to Chapuis or what's his name?
2: Yeah. Chapuis.
1: Um, would she have been allowed like in court? I mean, it wouldn't be like, Oh, you're an enemy to us.
2: Yeah, I think she would have been able to go to court like that, yeah. Okay. And I think they that her family did try to petition the king as much as possible. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure that they actually had an, a scene like that where she showed up at a pageant, but she would have been able to you know, the king it, royal people they were very accessible, like much more so than we imagine now. Uh-huh. Um they would walk through. You know, the king had a had a deal every Easter he would wash feet and the queen would give out alms and you know people were really it was really important because so much of your right to rule was in some ways dry you had to have the people's support to keep ruling you Uh know the people could overturn you really easily so it was really important to be out there with your people and so kings were a lot more accessible than we maybe imagine that they were okay so she could have yeah and then and not, I don't want to make it seem like anybody could just go up and talk to the king because yeah, there were guards and stuff. But like just you
1: know, more so than like now. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You can't just go up and petition to the, the president or the queen of England because you, right. you feel like it. Right. Um, was Anne, it seems like Anne, like was, was Anne always obsessed with Catherine and, and Mary? Like, like it seems in the one scene where she was drunk and
2: yeah, i think she probably was
1: that just a constant i guess yeah because
2: I mean, it was true like she said i'm and that's that's a a true quote i believe that she said i'm her death and she's mine like uh, it's well that was about mary i mean yeah. t-
1: like with kath i mean was she always worried about catherine retaking mm-hmm. the the queenship somehow or like it just yeah. seems like she's to me seeing all this it seems like Catherine is clearly no longer a threat at all. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of seems a little overly paranoid of Anne. Yeah. But.
2: Well, I think she was worried about that just because of who Catherine was. You know, I mean, she's Anne, she
1: wasn't just some person. Yeah,
2: she could, she has the emperor on her side. Yeah. And, and she,
1: now the Catholic church on her side, yeah. just because we're picking. sides, so, And you it know. really
2: could seem like it was really an us against them. Yeah. Kind of situation
1: i mean that's kind of how it was yeah it's like Anne and henry and then the people that follow them against not the world but the western world
2: yeah
1: uh. (laughs) and then okay so then you touched on the quote she said about mary that she is my death and i am hers like that's yeah i think it's
2: apocryphal but yeah
1: what does apocryphal
2: mean that like um that they don't have like that. It's come down through the I ages. I see. So we don't necessarily. I don't know, think it's written recorded, down but... somewhere, but it, it's been a famous mm-hmm. quote of hers for a long time.
1: Interesting. And what like what does she kind of mean by that? Like, just lo- that they're both pose a great danger to each other, kind of thing. Or? well,
2: no, basically, like it's there's an end game. One mm-hmm. of them's going to have to die. I see. Either she's going to have to die, or I'm going to, ha- or I'm going to have to die. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like, you can't keep going on with it like it with is. With it
1: like it is, yeah.
2: So somebody's got to give something, and, and, and neither she, one of them seem like they're going to give anything, so one of them's going to have to die.
1: And She was right. Yep. One of she them did was. die. Um, well, everyone dies, but you know what we mean. Yes. So Fisher seemed quite popular up on the executioner place. Mm-hmm. Like, was he, a, was he a popular guy?
2: Yeah, and especially having been made a cardinal, you know, we... I think that's something that we talk about a lot here is the importance of these kinds of people and of of religion and of, you know, what this meant. Like we are so secular now and it's hard for us post-enlightenment to understand if you were made a cardinal by the Pope, that was a really big deal, Mm -hmm. you know, and to have a cardinal be put to death
1: was an (laughs) even bigger deal.
2: Yeah. yeah, and so even though the Reformation is coming, even though we can look back on it now and say, well, you know, England becomes Anglican, blah 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 blah. At the time, people didn't know that. At the time, people were still living there the way they always had, yeah. and he was he had been around for a long. He was Henry VIII's grandmother's confessor, you know, so he'd been around for a long time. He'd done a lot of good work. He the people who were alive, you know, most living memory people knew of him, and he was already a big deal. So, yeah.
1: And then did people like Fisher and Moore really get a chance to speak up yes. up there? So he would have gotten he he would have gotten that chance to address the the crowd. Yeah,
2: you were given a chance to do that, and for most people, it would have been quite scripted. Like Anne Boleyn, she talks about how good the king was to her, and it's like no, he is really not. But you know, you you also had to think about your family. So in some, it was yeah. a bit of theater. Yeah. It was it was really quite a theatrical thing. You had to try. Some people would kind of say coded things to try mm. and get a, across what their point was. Um, so you, it wasn't just the free for all, like the king's evil kind of thing, and yeah. you had to think about what How was going to happen gonna to your family. I see. And you could, you know, you could redeem your family, as it were, if you made a good speech. Mm-hmm. Then you could think that the king was going to take mercy on your family.
1: I see. And give
2: them more money and yeah. stuff like that.
1: And then, then we have a, a weird little interlude where they show Michelangelo painting. Yeah. <laughs> Like, was that, was he around this time? Or? So
2: he was painting the Sistine Chapel. It said between 1508 and 1512. So this is about 20 something, 25, almost 30 years off. All right. But I think they wanted to show that there was stuff going on there. I don't Just know. You know, something f- interesting. Fun, fun fun person to throw in. Something really interesting. And I don't know if they were thinking this when they did it. I mean, I it, it would be really crazy deep if they were. But it's possible that Anne Boleyn had met Leonardo da Vinci.
1: Mhm
2: when she was in France uh-huh. as a young girl and I and that timing matches up and there's actually some different works that people say you know might have been inspired by Anne and stuff like that and also how Anne would have been influenced by Da Vinci and and so that's a little interesting tidbit that Anne and Da Vinci might have known well she would have been a young girl so it's not like she would have made that much of an impression on him but it's possible that with as kind of charming and striking as she was, that she made an impression on Leonardo da Vinci.
1: And so they would throw in Michelangelo. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> they were both Ninja Turtles exactly. after all. Michelangelo and See, Leonardo. that's why I say
2: it would have been crazy deep because now as Anne's about to fall, they throw in Michelangelo, who is the other great rival of da Vinci. And so maybe, you I, know. I, I,
1: I kind of don't really see where you're going with this, but I like it. Okay. I like your thinking. All right. Did he, okay, so <laughs> in my eyes, and I get that in my, my eyes on this are limited to what the, the television show is, is showing me, mm-hmm. but it seems sort of rather clear that it's all just kind of going to hell, like it's all mm-hmm. falling apart, like he doesn't seem to care that much about Anne anymore. She gave him one daughter and now she miscarried. Mm -hmm. He's having affairs all over the place. He's like killing all his oldest and longest, you know, friends friends and supporters. Like, do do we know, or maybe in your opinion, like at any point, did Henry kind of think, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Or did he just kind of charge ahead and
2: yeah, I don't
1: keep going with the, with the madness
2: I don't think he saw it as madness uh-huh. i I think that part of him I think that part of him thought, okay, now that we're on this course, we have to stay the course. But I also think that he he really thought that he was right, you know, I mean, I don't think he would have done all of this if there wasn't some yeah. part of him who believed that what he was doing was was the right thing. yeah, I think he would have been very frustrated. I think he probably that scene where he's like, you know, talking to the cross and saying why, why is it like this? I think he probably felt like that a lot, and um, I think that he would have questioned kind of what was happening, but I don't think he questioned that he was right. And he really, truly believed for the rest of his life he believed that he was the person who was sent to take England out of darkness. They have prayer books of his where he's scribbled notes in the margins mm-hmm. and stuff. And these are very personal, like his diary yeah. almost kind of thing. And he highlights passages about you know David taking the, or the, the Israels out or whoever the person was taking the Israels out. Mm. And like, he's, he really saw his place as rescuing England from like this false religion. And, even though he's remained Catholic in practice most of his life, he did educate his son as a Protestant. He did kind of stack the deck in the favor of Protestants once he died with making with the people that he put around. Uh he put he made all reformers. And so I think that he he was really like many people, he was really torn on this subject of like the Reformation mm-hmm. and what is the place of God, what is the place of the Pope, how does all of this this is an institution that's 1500 years old. That's just being torn down all around you. And Henry was struggling with it as much as other people. Now the difference is with Henry struggling with it, he gets to put people to death.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) and, and he's sort of like in, you know, in charge of it and making the decision, like other people just were kind of going along with it.
2: And some of his, some of his settlements were compromises that made neither side happy, Yeah. you know, that, that he was trying to do. And, and so, I, I really think he really, really struggled with this. And I don't think he thought, oh, this was a bad idea. I think that he did believe that his marriage to Catherine of Aragon was cursed. Mm-hmm. I think that he did believe that this, you know, was the way forward. But I think he was also very frustrated. And I think he probably questioned why it was happening like this. Yeah. And, you know, kind of what was wrong with him, mm-hmm. that this was happening to him. Why me?
1: Yeah. Alright, and just I were you were you trying to refer I wasn't it Moses who led the, there you go. <laughs> the Israelites out of Egypt?
2: David was the king. Yeah, yeah. Any part of the Red Sea and Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Moses. Yeah.
1: I guess I guess I'm a little better in some in history than you. Yep. Alright. Do you think Moore really uh, not that Moore did it, but do you think like Moore's actions really got into Henry's head yes. as portrayed?
2: Yes. Yeah. I think it must have. I mean, war was such a big deal. Yeah. And he'd been such a friend to Henry. Mm-hmm. They'd been so close. I don't know how you can not have that get into your head. Yeah.
1: Well, I know, uh, I mean, you let him go. That's like, you not let it get in your head. But I I see what you're saying.
2: But, you know, and Henry said at the beginning, he broke his promise. Like, he did. And he was being so stubborn. Just like Catherine. I'm not trying to say that he should have been killed for it. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said you weren't going to speak out and you spoke out. Like, I feel like Henry had been very patient with him in as much as, as he could. Like, when
1: when did he speak out? Um, I don't
2: like, well, I guess he had those, he went to see Catherine and, you know, he did little things. He did little things like that. And it's like,
1: like, dude, I I told
2: you, you could go and I wasn't going to make a big deal of it. If you didn't make a big deal of it. And like, you're not letting it go. Like if you don't want to be involved, you don't want to be involved. So stop, Stop thinking about it. Like, yeah. go move to Yorkshire. Go move somewhere way far away and, and
1: and write your books.
2: And write your utopia. And and like stop stop involving yourself in it. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that that's how Henry would have thought. Like, he broke his promise. I'm going to break my promise.
1: Mm-hmm. Who was this Richard Rich guy? He sure seems like a real <laughs> work of art. He
2: is Richard Rich. He worked for Cromwell, and he was one of Cromwell's men. And we'll see him later on. He he is a and he is is he, he's, just, piece he's just
1: kind of like, like a hired thug, if like, without like beating people up, but he's just he's
2: sometimes he did beat like the, people. The, up. Yeah,
1: he did some dirty work.
2: He did. One of the things he's famous for is in the trial of Anne Askew, who was one of the later Protestant martyrs that Henry killed in the late 1540s, one of the last I think 1546. He, uh, she was the only woman to ever, I think the only woman to ever have been tortured. She was put on the rack. And Richard Rich turned the turn the wheel. the wheel himself because the the person in the in the tower wouldn't do it. Like the person, he was like, "I'm not He's doing like, that." He's like, "Get her. out of my way! I'll, I'll exactly. do it." Exactly, and he did it. And so that that's something Richard Rich is, is known for. He good, was
1: good guy. And is Anne Askew ask you Like, is that really her name? Uh huh. I just thought that was like like a pseudonym. No, whatever. that was her name. All right. And was it really a trial for more like we saw that yes. was a thing that was a real thing.
2: Yes, and we have a lot of records of it. Okay, we have a lot of quotes from it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And who were the people? Like, there's three, you know, judges or whatever you you know you want to call them, the tribunal. Mm-hmm. Like, who were those people? Are those government people? Are they religious people? Are they judges? Like, who would those
2: people have been? Yeah. he. So I think there were 18 judges. Uh And they were just people who were like the chancellor, the the privy council. Being accused with an act of attainder was different than a regular trial. You you didn't have the same kind of rights if you were attainted as you had otherwise. So you didn't have to have a trial in front of your peers, for example. You could have a trial in front of Henry's men. What's attainted? that's what they said when you were um when they felt that there was enough evidence of you of your treason to just put you to I death see. almost immediately they would put yeah. an act of attainder against you which stripped you of your possessions immediately put you in jail and gave you a trial, which was not considered a fair trial, but it was not designed to be a fair trial. Yeah. And
1: it's, it's, it's like, we know you're guilty, but instead of just taking you straight to the execution, we'll, we'll do this little trial thing. Exactly. To sort of talk about it and get all the information out there or something. All right. So he was, (laughs) I mean, he was in trouble when he walked in. Yes. He wasn't going to like get out of things. No. All right. And just i'm just amazed like these people are ruthless i mean this is what 500 years like not even 500 years ago and like they're gonna like drag him and then hang him till he was half dead Mm -hmm. and then cut him down and Mm -hmm. take his bowels out and burn them in front of him chop off his privy bits chop off his head chop cut him Uh into four pieces yep and that any, was any other good, good points I missed of the, no, process?
2: that was, that was the standard death for traitors for treason. That okay. was the, the standard thing. Don't
1: commit treason. Right. Jeez. I mean, and that's
2: the other thing. Like Moore was a lawyer. Moore knew all of this. Yeah. Like this, none of this is a surprise to him. He, yeah. he could try cases. He knew, he knew the outcome of this. And he knew what was possible for him to have happened. Like they don't show that in the show so much, but he yeah. was a lawyer. He, he had done this kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that was the standard punishment for treason. So I mean, don't to, commit treason
1: <laughs> to me. I, I I know I said, I was going to talk about this cause this isn't us philosophizing, but I just, to me, it seems like kind of apparent that he's just like, he, it's, it's just all like to be a martyr. It seems mm-hmm. like, like, it's not even like, He's standing, I, I don't know, I, I just...
2: Like you say, Henry, all of this and for what? Like him, all of this and for what?
1: I, 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 that's what I don't get. I mean, like his family's there and he's saying, you know, ho- hopefully I see you in heaven. But like they signed the paper. So if he actually believes that you're damning yourself by signing this agreement,
2: they've then themselves.
1: they've damned themselves. So he has no chance of seeing them in heaven. Like him and Fisher is going to be uh-huh. the only two people in England who are going to be in heaven. And, right. Like he doesn't, I don't know. It's just, it's just, yeah. For what I, I don't. Yep. Oh well. I mean, it is what it is. It would have been nice to, I guess, have had him around a little longer to write more humanist books.
2: <laughs> yeah, Well, I think he he knew what he was doing. I I believe. I, you know, he maybe I. It's, I think part of him thought he could argue his way out because he was a lawyer, that he mm-hmm. was going to be able to do. And in the trial, it was a surprise when Richard Rich came. And and, I was
1: going to say, like, if it wasn't for that, I mean, he could have, like, mm-hmm. kind of had this moral high ground. If I've never said anything about it, like, I haven't denied anything. I, I just haven't talked about it. Yeah. So. Damn you, Richard Rich.
2: Exactly.
1: Um Yeah. And then it's just interesting perspective, you know, chopping someone's heads off. Chopping someone's head off is not necessarily a nice thing to do. But when the alternative is all that other stuff, uh-huh. it, was, it was quite sweet and yeah. and caring yeah. of, of Henry to simply chop off his head.
2: And like he brought a special swordsman from France to chop off Anne's head, who mm-hmm. was an expert. That
1: was good. Yeah. So he wasn't going to mess up. Exactly. So he 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 killed you in the in the sweetest possible way. way he he could think of yes hmm.
2: yeah and apparently when thomas more was being dragged to his execution spot there were a lot of crowds and uh, some of the people that he had tried cases against came to see him and one of them kind of heckled and um heckled him and said you know, that I, they lost their trial yeah. with him, blah, blah, blah. And it says here, to one woman, wretched woman, he yelled back, I very well remember the case, and if I were to decide it now, I would make the same decree. So <laughs> there he is on his being taken to. He sure is. All the, These are real characters, <laughs> these guys. I mean,
1: personalities, I guess is what I mean. They're yeah. just something else. Yeah. And just to me, like, this is just like the nail on the crazy mind and place that henry is in it's mm-hmm. like i feel like he has officially lost the forest through the trees like killing more and you know and f- like like you alluded to just for what like i he doesn't seem that into Anne anymore it doesn't seem like he's gonna get a son from her like and he's just done all this like for for what? I mean, I guess because his beliefs, but it just mm-hmm. to me it's easier to look back, you know, and yeah. say for what. But man, like for what? Like Yeah. Huh.
2: Well, you know, there are also a number of people who are Anglicans who look at him and say, well, he founded the Anglican Church and mm-hmm. he took us from papacy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so So for that. Reformation, I mean, the Reformation in England was not nearly as horrible and as bloody as it was in Europe where you have the 30 Years War and you have the Saint because Martin. the
1: king just kind of swept in it, it wasn't like this uh, uprising of right people
2: and so the king killed some of his advisors and like not to make light of that but mm-hmm. you know in the 15 1572 in France a Protestant cha- prince or Protestant uh, Prince tried to marry a Catholic princess. I think that was, It was one or the other. One was Protestant the other ones. Anyway, out of that came the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, in which close to 50,000 people in France were killed over the course of six weeks. It was this how, massive Like bloody... how many
1: people lived in France at that time? I mean, yeah, was it was like I mean, a it, it big started, chunk of their population. It
2: started in Paris, and it was just gangs of thugs going from house to house to house, killing people. There's stories of people, a pregnant woman that was in birth and they cut her hands off to get her jewelry and and she was Protestant and babies being thrown into the Seine. I mean, this is like and And like they were
1: after Protestants at Yeah, this point. the Catholics like were, the going, Catholics after the were going after the Protestants at this Protestants.
2: point. And I mean, this is like, you look at that, you look at yeah. what was going on in Germany at the time and you look at England and you say, okay, Thomas More died. Like, I mean, yeah. not, not yeah. to make I light know. of it, there but, was, yeah. you know, except... Se- Couple but hundred, 50, pro- couple 50, hundred Protestants 50, under Mary died. It wasn't fifty
1: thousand people. Yeah, Jeez Louise.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of people. It is.
1: My last question. All
2: right, boom. Do,
1: do you do you think, or do we know? Did would Tom would Thomas More have blessed the executioner that was about to yes. chop his head off?
2: Yes, you were supposed to do that. The executioner would always ask people for their forgiveness. It was a and also, (laughs) sometimes you'd have to pay the executioner too. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So you would give the executioner the money and you would forgive them and say, you know, I forgive you for what you're about to do. Here's your fee. And um, so Thomas Moore said, pluck up thy spirits, man, and be not afraid to do thine office. My neck is very short. Take heed, therefore, thou not strike awry for saving thine honesty. I die the king's good servant, but God's first.
1: It's just a different time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think something that we lose sight of living in the secular society that we live in, post-enlightenment, yeah. all of that, is the idea that this life. Did not matter as much. This life was preparation for the next life. Uh huh. So.
1: So it's kind of like, yeah, like you're going to meet this dude in heaven or whatever. Yeah. And it would be messed up for you to to slight him for his job on earth. But yeah, and just the whole idea of
2: of dying and of dying for your faith and all of that. You know, th- this life, this life didn't matter. This life was just simply a practice for getting mm. into heaven and for the next life, and you could take joy from it, you could have happiness from it. But in general, it it wasn't like this. Anything that was on earth was secondary yeah. and didn't. It was fleeting and made no difference compared to the eternity you were going to have.
1: So, t- like this is what's fascinating to me: just the difference in, in mindsets of, of of humans from from time to time. Yeah. I just, I guess, in five hundred years, they will probably look back on our time and just think like, "How could they have thought these things?"
2: Mm-hmm. And, all right. Well. All right. Well, I think that that was it, right? Those are my questions. So yeah, I think you know a big theme to look at from this is just the idea that people at this time saw this all as a practice. Yeah. And I just think that you know this that starting, and that and for the king too, you know, I think the king also that could explain maybe why he didn't feel as why he didn't yeah, part Because this is, he, it's, there's
1: a bigger picture. Like, yeah. There's a bigger thing going on, and like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, in in the, in those terms, I can kind of see, you know, like a like a like a bigger game sort yeah. of being played, and yeah, things like this are and inconsequential. if he's really
2: rescuing the po- if he's really rescuing England from papacy, yeah, killing Thomas More. It's
1: like not, no big deal. I mean, to if, save if that's what, if that's what his... has to be done, like yeah. whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, um, <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you everybody for listening to us. Thank you. And just a reminder that if you like this show, we would love it if you would give us a rating on iTunes. <laughs> and hopefully,
1: hopefully a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's why I said if you like the show. Yeah, and yeah. you can learn more about us at watchingthetutors.com, which is also where you can learn more about my other podcast, the Renaissance English History Podcast. Our other
1: uh, podcast is really awesome.
2: Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye.